evening. Today is November the 9th, 1965. The winds are howling outside, and we're listening to KC4AAX broadcasting from Penhurst Station, Antarctica. My name is Ron DeVio, and I'm a janitor by necessity, an amateur historian by choice. Since the radio has not been shut down during our allotted time, and there's been no response by McMurdo Station, I but assume that no one will take issue with my continuing broadcast, though the inclement weather is likely the reason for McMurdo's silence. I speak for everyone here at Penhurst when I say I hope you find yourselves in good condition through the cold winds. I'd like to begin tonight with a few words I was asked to say. There are several missing treatments from the medical room. Michael Kennedy, our resident physician, has requested that anyone who takes medications from the supply either take only what you intend to consume or to return the remaining medications. The inventory log shows that much has gone missing. The other order of business before our show has to do with a group of Ross Seals Harold Bright observed three days ago. He has informed me that after continuing to view them, Harold has determined that they are not seals. His first clue came when they were congregating, where, as previously stated, they are traditionally solitary. Harold decided to put his current research on the dwindling gull population on hold to watch this anomalous behavior. Despite their spindle-shaped bodies, some aspect of these creatures separated them from seals. Firstly, they have never been observed feeding. Dr. Bright concluded that they must be eating fish below the surface, or perhaps they are in a state of semi-hibernation. Secondly, it was difficult to tell the anterior from the posterior of these creatures. It would likely be easier if we could approach them, but the safety of that action cannot be determined. Finally, Harold has barely seen these creatures move. Their numbers slowly increased, but he could never determine whether they came from land or sea. They simply appeared between his observations. Harold asks that anyone who has free time take note of how many creatures are on the west bank and at what time before reporting back to him. For the first part of our show, I'd like to read to you our first collaboration. Another document I found in the abandoned office is a military log, written in German. I was fortunate in finding that Daniel Bloomberg, assistant to our resident geologist, Frederick Glass, was raised in a bilingual household and can speak fluent German. Over the last 24 hours, he has translated the message, which I will here read. He tells me it is written by the German equivalent of a midshipman. Begin quote. Marius Schaub, over Fanrich Zurze, Gauss, 1902. Item number one, 1800 to 1845. Fuel loading, uneventful, NAMS. Item number two, 1845 to 2100. Cleaning exploration gear. Bloomberg says the translation could also be investigation gear. Lucas Vale sent to the physician with facial chemical burns. N-A-M-S. Item number three. 2100 to 0300. Members all asleep. Night watch duty. A rumbling in the chemistry. This entry is here marked off. 
Reinhard Gerster informed of frequent headaches and nervousness. Gerster was given a sleeping pill to reduce stress. MS. Item number four, 0300 to 1100. Sleeping shift. Timo Kornfeld is temporary leader of order. Awoke after reclamation. Uneventful. NA, MS. Item number five. 1100 to 1800. Reassessed inventory. 12,534 rations. 300 one liter bottles empty. 250 one liter bottles filled. 12 locked crates in this century is marked off. 65 sets base clothing. 25 sets outdoor clothing. 7 sets basement clothing. 542 sleeping pills, 698 fuel canisters full, 52 fuel canisters empty. Inventory not fully accounted for because the lights are growing dim. Recommended cleaning of generator and replacement of lights, MS. Item number six, 1800 to 2100. Fuel loading, hindered by darkness. Lights almost completely dead. Unable to locate lead or command. But exploration gear, or investigation gear, is used and requires cleaning. Difficult to navigate at night. MS. Item number seven. 2100 to 0300, which is here crossed off and replaced with 2330. Members all fatigued. Assigned to sleep. Must clean gear in the morning. Night watch duty. Awoken by loud noises in the chemistry lab, which is here crossed off and replaced with loud noises outside. Was informed that Lucas Vale was shipped home. Gave each member a sleeping pill to reduce stress. MS. End quote. This concludes the normal notes on the document. The following can be described as scrawled outside of, or rather across, the chart almost as if the writer was suddenly stricken with blindness. Begin quote. I woke up with a scratching sound beside my head. My watch had stopped working and I could not wake the members. After searching for several minutes, I found a candle. I cannot find my way back to the members. I think the scratching is following me. I cannot find the walls. I believe I have gone mad. End quote. He must have had the truth of it. For the rest of the scribbling, I am told, is lunatic rambling. Nonsense only able to be comprehended by an unhinged mind. The writing does seem, to an English reader, to become more and more hurried and panicked in its gait. I did find a repeated phrase in the chaos. Lach der Welt. Bloomberg also pointed out several strange things about the document. He stated the word used in the translation, member, is accurate. But the word is tile-namer, which means member or participant, but it is not the usual word for men in the military. Another strange issue is that though this is apparently written by a naval officer, this document has no indication of being made aboard a ship nor at a dock, though both are indeed possible. The scribbling goes on for a few pages and, excuse me, excuse me, slip of paper I had not noticed has fallen from the logbook. 
It seems to have been tucked in a small pocket on the inside cover. It, it appears to be a list of names and dates. Um, I will read it. Reinhold Bergis, 07-17-29. Benedict Bloomberg, 01-10-34. Harold Bright, 11-21-19. It seems there have been a coincidence of name. Wait. Here, halfway down the list, is the name Ronald DeFio, followed by the date 8-17-31. The paper appears to be as old as the log, and the dates are from decades ago. It seems that we now have a proper mystery on our hands. Perhaps this phenomenon should be investigated further before our next show. It seems our abandoned office does indeed have some secrets to be found and we will likely have something to occupy our minds this winter. Now for the last part of our show, I thought we would continue with another entry from the Journal of the Endurance. Begin quote. 10th of November, 1915. Fort Wright and Reginald have been gone for a day, and I saw John Vincent, the boatswain, who is the staunchest among those who argued for sending a party to investigate Jefferson's claims of other men, chuckling as he rifled through Reginald's personal effects. I have concluded that Vincent, concerned with the quantity of our provisions, has desired to stand other men to their certain demise. When I confronted him about this privately, he began laughing in the same manner. I was about to restrain the maniac for our continued safety when I took note of the freezing tears streaming down his face. What is Reginald's name? His full name. I cannot remember for the life of me, he said, and I'll be a damned soul if I can't remember the name myself. Ford Wright's name also eludes me. None of us can recall anything about their character nor their face. The crew logs were lost in the endurance. What effect has this cold had on our minds? And with that, I wish you all good night.